Hello everyone, this is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 19 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined, as always, by Ayaz Sumra. Ayaz, how are you doing? I'm good, Joey. How are you? Very good, very good. Now, on this week's show, there really isn't much to preview or review, or should I say review or preview. There's not really much to do. Um, last weekend, there wasn't really many fights on. There's a couple that we're going to go over. We're just going to read the result out. Um, there's a tiny bit of news. I say tiny bit of news. It's actually quite big news. And, of course, um, there isn't really much to preview this weekend. So what we thought we'd do to fill the space on this week's show for those loyal listeners that come back every week is bring on free guests this week. So we're going to speak to Dave Caldwell very shortly. He's going to be our first guest on this week's show. He's going to be talking all things about Jamie McDonnell, all things about the eliminator for a world title for Gavin McDonnell, of course, the twin brother, the European champion. And of course, we're also going to be speaking about Tony Bellew and the movie Creed and his newfound um, rise to fame of all these people that don't even know he's a boxer. They all just think he's this new actor out of Liverpool. Uh, we will also be speaking to Billy Dibb, and Billy Dibb will be talking pretty deep about the loss of his wife to cancer in 2015. It was a really bad year for him, and he wants to get back into world title contention in 2016 without any time wasted. Also, we will be speaking to Jamel Herring, who actually had a fight last night. He won unanimously after 12 rounds. Um, he basically, like I say, he won every round. He knocked the guy down twice, and he looked really good, topping his first bill. 15-0, and 0, he is now with eight knockouts. He's signed by Al Heyman. He used to be in the Marines in the USA. He was deployed to Iraq on two occasions, and he was one of the captains of the 2012 Olympics USA boxing team. So that's a good interview. He talks a lot about uh, Tyson Fury, a lot about the UK scene. It surprised me how much you knew about the UK scene. So that's the order it's going to be going in. It's going to be Dave Caldwell first, then it's going to be Billy Dibb, and then we're going to end the show with Jamel Herring fresh off his win last night. Um, okay, Ayaz, we're going to start with part one, of course. This is, of course, called the review part, where we're going to review some of the fights from last weekend. As I said, there isn't much to review. I'm going to start with something that took place on Friday. This was on, of course, the 5th of February. Um, Ex-opponent of Deontay Wilder, Johan Duapas, he was out in a little contest. This took place in Monaco. He won on, you know, 10th round unanimous decision. He fought that tricky guy, Marcelo Luis Nascimento. We've seen him. He's a bit tricky. We've seen him in there with Derek Chisora. We've seen him in there with Eddie Chambers and guys like that. So Johan Duapas, 33 and 3, his new record now. Um, there was a little card, I believe, in. USA, of course, this was in California. Randy Caballero returned back to the ring. He picked up a, a seventh round retired fighter. So basically, Ruben Garcia, his opponent, retired after the seventh. Garcia was down twice in round seven, and he retired in the corner. So Randy Caballero, El Matador, he's back. He's record now 23-0. and 0. I can't wait to see him get you know, into that title picture. Uh, Frankie Gomez was also on that bill. He moved to 20-0 and 0 with a unanimous decision after 10 rounds over Silverio Ortiz. 
So two guys coming up now, of course. Um, Shane Mosley Jr. was also on that card, of course, the son of Shane Mosley. Uh, he now moves to five wins and one loss. It was only a four-rounder. He won it unanimously. He's at super middleweight, which is an interesting weight. We'll see what he can do there. Unfortunately, there wasn't any boxing on the Saturday. Uh, that is due to the shooting that took place in Ireland, of course, at the weigh-in. Uh, for those that don't know, I don't know where you've been, but for those that don't know, of course, somebody got shot and killed in the weigh-in that took place in in Ireland. The weigh-in was in a hotel. It was, of course, on the Friday, the day before the fight. Some, I think, three people ran in there with what looked like AK-47s and shot and killed someone. So absolutely devastating scenes there for for boxing. You know, of course, this is very bad uh, negative press that boxing is now going to receive. I, You know, I, I'm not going to really talk much about it and I'm not really going to um, expand on that. But bad scenes, which ended up cancelling the card that was going to take place on Saturday in Ireland. Of course, we spoke to Jamie Kavanagh on the last show. Uh, he was speaking about, you know, fighting. Of course, that was for the WBO European title. So Jamie Kavanagh now is going to have to wait for that shot. I'm not sure what's going to happen there. I don't know if it's going to be getting rescheduled. But after the shooting on Friday, they, de- they decided to not go ahead with the fight on Saturday. So that was really the only thing that we were going to be reviewing. So what we're going to do now is we're going to bring on our first guest on this week's show. It's the self-proclaimed bucket boy turnt trainer and of course now he's training a world champion a european champion and a hollywood sensation of course it's mr dave Caldwell. dave welcome to the show how you doing mate all right how's that for an intro yeah not bad not bad don't forget my uh hollywood sensation is also a european champion as well don't forget his boxing achievements of course of course of course you've come a long way though that's fair to say yeah yeah mate yeah Excellent stuff. Okay, when we last spoke, it hadn't been announced that David Hay was working with Shane McGuigan. And of course, it hadn't been announced that Groves was working with him as well. What's your opinion of that little link up there, David? I think it's a good link up. Um, Shane's uh, a young, dynamic trainer um, and he's, you know, he's, he's eager to, to succeed. Um, is one of the you know it looks at things the modern way as well. So I think it'll uh, it'll be a, a smooth fit because they're coming you know coming from a, a great trainer like Adam Booth. Um, I think you know I think they'll they'll work well together to be honest. On on our on the last time we spoke to you, you did give high praise of Adam Booth. Do you think yeah. that Shane McGuigan has the potential to be as good as? Um, listen, everybody. It's hard. It's hard to say. All you can say is what what people have done, and and Shane's done a fantastic job with with Carl Frampton. Um, I've never worked up close with Shane. I've I've met him once. I don't I don't know him or anything. I don't know how he trains fighters or anything. So it's it's not it's not for me to judge that. I do know Adam Booth, and I've worked up close with Adam Booth, and and you know. Um, so I can judge or I can have an opinion on that. Do you know what I mean? And, and Adam's a great trainer. He's done he's done great things in the sport. And Shane's a young young lad coming through, and he's already stamped his authority on the game, and he's already achieved far more than what you know a lot of trainers um, who have been in the game for a long time have, have achieved. So he's he's doing something right. Um, now, what's happening with Jamie McDonald? Haven't really heard anything about him recently. Um, Jamie's training really really hard at the moment we're just waiting for um for eddie to announce his fight um that's basically any time now um you know um he'll he'll be uh 
we've got a date. We're just waiting on sorting out the opponent. Um, and it's that stands ready because it's it's Eddie's show, so um, it's not my place to say when he's going to be fighting. All it is is that, is that we've been preparing. Um, we've been preparing basically. Originally, we were told that we could possibly fight in out. Um, Al Eamon wanted us back out there end of January, so we was we was kind of getting ready for that, but we kind of had a feeling that it'd get put back, get put back, and so um, so something else has been sorted, and and you know that'll be announced. That'll be announced very shortly. It could, it could be, it could be any time really. Okay, moving over to twin brother Gavin. Um, yeah. Gavin, a friend of the show now, he's getting a shot at the silver title. Yeah, is this is this actually a world title eliminator? It is. Or is yeah, this just... it's a, no, it's an eliminator for the WBC world title that Sage has got. Um, it's for the silver title, so he gets a uh, you know he gets a nice title with that. If he should he win that, please God. It's a it's a very tough fight. Um, he's fighting a very dangerous opponent. Yeah, we're we're deep into camp, and you know we've we've been preparing well for that. Because if I if my memory serves me correct, I believe that James <coughs> DeGale picked up the same WBC silver title. It didn't really seem to get him that that WBC shot. Is that, this... It might not have been eliminator. You know, it's listen. It, the thing is, once you get a, a silver title, you're in. You're in the mix, and it, it doesn't guarantee you the next shot. That's that's what a final eliminator is. But um, you know, you're very very close. What will probably happen is, is we'll have this eliminator, and then we'll get a final eliminator for for the title shot, which I, w- I would be happy with because, you know, um, Gavin improved a lot for his last fight. It was a step up in opponent. This is another step up in his opponent. Um, and then you know I think you know, would like to have another fight um, after this before going in against Seja. But you know everything goes to plan. He wins this. He wins the final eliminator. Then he's he's ready to not go against Seja, but to beat Seja. That's that's what we want. You know I mean it's not it's all well and good getting a world title shot, but we want to be ready to to take the title when when we get there. Yeah, brilliant fighter Gavin McDonald's turning out to be. Um, he fights Jorge Sanchez. That's on the undercard of Quig Frampton. Yeah. What do you know about this guy? Because he's got he's got a nice little record, fifteen <clears> and zero with nine knockouts. All his yeah. fights have been in Panama. Yeah. Have you seen any footage of him? Yeah, I've seen one. <laughs> it's quite funny actually because the, the only footage we can get hold of, it looks an absolute wrecking machine. In. Um. So yeah, he, he looks he looks very heavy-handed, very heavy-handed. Um. It looks like he really loads up on his shots and, and, and wants to do damage on you. Um, so, you know, we're preparing for 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 an absolute beast, to be honest. Um, the thing about these guys that are out there, um, when you don't get much footage, you don't know whether the, the, the records are flattering them or whether, you know, there are, there are some beasts that's about to be unleashed onto the world scene. Um, all you can do is go in there at, at the absolute best of your ability. And ready to encounter whatever whatever sort of opponent you get in there. Um, we do know that the guy's heavy-handed. We do know that he can really, really punch. Um, technically, there's a few little holes in him there. Technically, which which we're hoping to capitalise on. Um, you know, and and it's going to be a it's going to be a good fight because styles make fights, and this you know this guy's not going to be not going to be um, holding back on anything. Okay, now a little thing I want to mention on Tony Bell. You of course. He's become this Hollywood sensation now. Of course, as you said, the European champion as well. I'm actually going to be going to watch Creed tonight, so don't spoil anything. But no, how I'm good is that. this? How good is this for his exposure as a boxer? Oh, it's fantastic! Absolutely fantastic. Um, he uh, 
he took me with him to the Manchester Arena a couple of weeks back to to watch Kevin Hart live, um, which was hilarious, by the way. But um, on on going there, on arriving at the MEN, uh, well, it's not the MEN anymore, but on arriving at the Manchester Arena, friends um, for you, yeah, the uh, yeah, the the, the, the pap spotted him. And they just ran to him, taking all these photos. And all of a sudden, all the fans saw him, and and it just became like absolutely nuts. Where, you know, everybody, but everybody was 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 hunting him down for photos, stopping him. It took us ages to get into our, you know, into our uh, box and arena in, in the arena. And then coming out, it took us ages to get out the out the arena because everybody was stopping him. Now you're not just talking about people that knew him by name and boxing fans. You're talking about people that only knowing from the film, because um, you'd be getting people, you'd be hearing people say, "Oh, it's, it's him out of Creed, it's him out of Creed," or you know, it, it, it's taken him to another level. The, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to have been around um, Prince Nassim when he was flying high, and also um, David Hay when he was flying high, um, and I can relate this to when you know when we were out in public with those guys, where people just stopping him and and, and swarming all over him. And um, that's what it was like, you know. I remember going to um, going to Hatton Lascano with with David A. And you know, once one person spotted him, then that's it. He just got mobbed, and that's how it was for for Tony the other night. So it's taken him to another level as far as exposure is concerned and profiles concerned. So um, you know, that's 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 a good thing, you know. When you when you when you're trying to get a world title shot, when you want to make the big money, you've got to be a bit of a commodity for commodity for the promoters and. It certainly is that now. I want to ask you about Ryan Burnett. I don't know how much yeah. of a role you play in his career, but I saw a photo with you know yourself, Adam yeah. Booth, Richard Towers. What yeah. role do you play in his uh, I just, career? I just help Adam uh, um, fight night with him. Um, I'll do his cuts. Um, me and Adam talk about his career progression and, and things. We're in touch all the time. Um, and... You know, he, he comes up and, and spends a week, two weeks at a time with us up here for uh, to spar with Jamie and Gavin. Um, he did before the Kameda fight. He, we've sent Gavin down to spar um, with Ryan for Ryan's fight, and now Ryan's been back up, back up at our gym for these. You know, they're both fighting on the same night on the on the twenty seventh, so they've they've uh, been spending time up here again. I asked someone this question the other day. Um, can't remember who it was now. But I thought to myself straight away, I want to ask this question to Dave Caldwell because you're quite elaborate with your answers. It's interesting to hear what you've got to say. Um, there's a prospect of a fight happening between David Hay and uh, Anthony Joshua. Who do you think benefits more from a couple of warm-up fights? Is it Hay because he's got to get back at that level? Is it Joshua because he's never been at that level? Who would benefit more if they both had a couple of warm-ups? I actually think Joshua benefits more. Um, by waiting, I think um, you know another year on his back, um, a couple more learning fights, then I think he's you know then I, I think he comes out on top in that fight. I think right now as it is, um, I wouldn't like to say who's going to win right now. To be honest, you know David A is he's he's a light, he's a lights out sort of guy. If he lands that that shot that that Dillian White did, um, then you know it it had made much more of an impact on, on Anthony, I believe. It's one of those where Joshua hits hard and fast and then he's a big unit. He could, he could you know, do a job on, on Hay, but I just think ring craft experience, experience against bigger guys as well, um, 
I think right now, uh, I think Hayes slightly, you know, possibly slightly got the edge. But, you know, um, the thing about Joshua, why I'm saying is, is, is you know, why it benefit him because he's improving rapidly. And that fight that they just had with Dylan White, I think, you know, he learned so much from him because he's, he's a student of the game, he's a student of his craft. Um, and and he seems to be improving. Whether he's knocking out these guys in one or two rounds or not, you know, he's improving. He goes back and he works. And he works to improve all the time. Now he'll have you know seen the mistakes, seen what happened in the last fight, and he'll be correcting them now. Um, give him another fight or two, um, and I think he you know I think he beats Hay. Right now, I think it's fifty fifty. I do I do think it's fifty fifty. I think it's whoever whoever gets off first really. Um, that's how I see it if if they fought right now. But I think if if it's in a couple of fights time, I, I would I would uh, favour Joshua a lot more. What a fight! I really hope it happens and doesn't just disappear like some I other think, big fights. I think it will. I think it will happen. Um, I just I just don't think it's you know it's not next. Obviously not next. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if it happened at, at the end of the year. I think at the end of this year, I think I think Joshua's you know more more than ready for him. I think Joshua would be him. I'm not sure how good David A is going to be coming back. Um, that remains to be seen. Um, I'm not I'm not a fa- I'm not a fan of him heavier than what you know than, than, than what he needs to be. I, I think it slows him down and um, uh, whereas everybody was you know going nuts about him is you know in his last fight. You got to look at who he fought, but. But also you got to look at David himself. He looks, he looks very, very big. He looks a little bit too big, to be honest. And I think it's one of those where if it goes a goes a couple of rounds, then then he, he starts to gas. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. Um, could I get the your, well, your prediction on the outcome of the you know the, the main the main fight on that bill that that Gavin's fighting on Quig Frampton? Do you know what? I, I genuinely don't know. I genuinely don't know. I, I can see how, and it's not sitting on the fence. I can see how both men win the fight. Um, I've chopped and changed my mind so many times. You know, originally, and for the last couple of years, I've always thought Frampton beats him. I've always thought Frampton beats him. But as the fight gets closer, and I, and I did, I never really knew Quig. I didn't know what his mentality was like or anything, but. He he's a you know he, he looks a steely sort of character and he's very very confident, um, almost unshakable in his belief really, um, and I, I think that that he's the more um, not stable but he he seems the one that's not being affected by the other the most I think obviously Frampton's you know wound up by Quig and Quig got under his skin a, a few times in the build up. Um, whereas Quig, Quig's happy to be in the moment. He, he seems to be enjoying this, and he seems to be feeding off it. So I'm, I, I don't know. I kind of leaning towards Quig a little bit at the moment. If I think, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I see how both of them. Win. I think if Quig stands off and tries to box Frampton, I think he'll get beat. I think Frampton's, you know, slick and he's a little bit cuter. Um, Possibly a better boxer, um, and he's got you know he's, he's got dynamite in his hands. Um, but I think if if Quig puts it on him and and hands nice and tight and, and puts it on him, then um, it'll be interesting. I got I got I have got a feeling that Quig pulls it off, but I genuinely don't know who wins. 
<laughs> okay, I'm going to pass you over to my partner now. He's got a couple of questions for you. Ayaz, bring yourself in. Hello, Dave. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. How are you? I'm good. Very, I'm very good. We know Jamie McDonald's got a loss to Lee Haskins. Now, Lee Haskins got the <laughs> IBF champion. He became yeah. IBF. Can we see a unification with Lee Haskins? Uh, yeah, we'd be up for that. If as long as the money's as long as the money's right, then then yeah, what you've got to realise is Jamie's on um, serious amounts of money now per fight. Um, not you know, no disrespect to, to Haskins or anybody, but he's one of the, one of the best paid fighters in the division. Um, now, uh, as for the fight itself, Jamie McDonald then and Jamie McDonald now are two totally different fighters and. Um, you know, we've spoke about that, and it's a fight that Jamie, uh, Jamie, would love uh, if it makes sense. He'll he'd stick around bantamweight for. We're only interested in, you know, uh, after this fight, we're only interested in uh, uh, piano um, and possibly a Haskins fight. And then he, he wants to step up. He wants a winner of Quig Frampton, um, and that's you know that's where he's headed. But without a doubt, if if Eddie can make you know make Haskins for for Doncaster, maybe you know outdoor at Doncaster, it'd be cracking. You know, then that's that's happy days. We take that, we take that now. We we'll take that April 9th, You know, um, sticking on Joshua Bill would would do that there, whatever. But um, you know, it's it's got to make sense financially. Um, and uh, if if they fought again, I can't I can't honestly see how how Askins beats him this time. Okay, right now, maybe was in the UK. Will you be attending one of the events? Yes, I am. Thanks to the Spencer Fearon. Um, he's invited me down to um, to Canuck on Friday, so I'll, I'll be down there. He, he sorted me a couple of tickets out, so I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Tony down, Tony Belly. So I think we're going to head down there on on Friday. Looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. Do you reckon Mayweather will actually come up for a 50th fight or no? Yeah, of course he will. Of course he will. He's just he's just waiting until those zeros keep adding on to the end of his check. Right, last week was a big fight was announced between Amir Khan v Sao Canelo Alvarez. Who you got on that fight and why? Do you know what? First of all, I was absolutely gobsmacked. I, I can't actually remember being as shocked um, for when a fight was announced as what I was for that fight. I did not see that coming at all, not at all. And um, you know, when I when I got somebody from Sky Sports News rang me up about it, and I was just coming out of the gym, so I'd not seen Twitter or anything. And um, I was like, what? I couldn't believe it. Fair play to him here. Listen, he's been chasing a big fight for the last couple of years and he's been messed around, you know, by, by you know, your, your Mayweathers and Pacquiao's. And he's stuck at it. You know, he's, resist, he's resisted, you know, going the domestic route with, with Kelbrook and he's gone his own way and he's landed an absolute huge mega fight. Um, the only problem is Canelo's very, very good and he's very, very big. Now, forget about the height because obviously... He's not very tall. He's, you know, he's. Um, I think Khan will have the height advantage on, on fight night. But when you're talking about size, Canelo is very, very big. You know, we, I had Ryan Rhodes fight Canelo for the WBC title out in uh, Mexico, and when you see Canelo at the weigh-in, you think, do you know what? He's not that big. Then I remember when he got into the ring, we was waiting in the ring for him, and he walked into the ring. And he took his top off, and I just saw the thickness of him, the thickness in the pecs, in the shoulders, on the back. When he turned out, his back was just huge, full. And now you think, well, he must have skinny legs. So you look down at his legs, and he's got huge calves. He's got huge legs. He's just an absolute unit. So, you know, he's going to be massive come fight night. Um, but the problem is there. It's all right giving away size um, and possibly, you know, obviously giving his strength away. But 
you, you, you fight a guy that's got a great boxing brain. He's got a very good boxing brain. So it's a very, very tough fight for me. It's a very, very hard fight for me. But the one thing that me has got is speed um, and movement. The one thing that I would say Canelo struggles on when he's got somebody in front of him is speed and movement. So that's where the interesting thing comes is, you know, we, um, we've seen it a couple of times in Canelo's career. When guys are giving him movement and they've got sharp punches, he does tend to struggle a little bit. The only problem is the natural size. I think eventually, I think the natural size catches up with me. Um, and, I, and I just can't see... I just can't see him being able to have the strength to tie him up, nullify him up close, and then get back out of range without without getting any damage. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope Amir wins the fight right now. It's, it's hard to say when you don't watch people train, but going on, on what I've I've seen of them both, I, I would say it's for me. Unfortunately, it's it's a it's a very hard night at the office for me. But do you know what? He knows that everybody will be saying that he's going to get beat. You know, he knows that everybody was saying that he's got no chance, and that, I think that's half the buzz that he gets out. Because one thing about Mir Khan is, you know, look at the Maidana fight and, and things like that. He, he's he's fought a lot of good names, but he doesn't get the respect in this country as what he should do. You know, we talk about obviously Jamie not getting respect, but Mir Khan, look at look at the career that he's had, look at what he's done, and he just does not get the respect that he should be getting. Sometimes. I think whether you like somebody personally or not, you should still always give credit to, to them for what they've achieved. And I think the majority of boxing fans that, that dish out the hate on Khan, it's because they don't really like him. They don't know him, but they don't like how he comes across and, and they don't like um, what they see on TV of him. Um, so because they don't like him, they don't want to give him respect. They don't want to give him credit for what he's done. You cannot fail to give him respect for what he's achieved in his career. He's an abs- had an absolute phenomenal career. You know, he's pulled off some great fights. He's had a couple of losses, but do you know what? When you're fighting, you know, and when you when you pan out his career in front of you, you look at the fights he's had, look at the names he's fought. You know, how can you not say that he's not had a great career? When when fighters get wiped out, you know, and and the aura's gone about them, nine times out of ten, they're never the same fighter again. He just got up, picked himself up, got on with it, got on, got on and chased bigger fights, bigger fights, bigger fights, and you know, he, for me, he deserves the respect of, of boxing fans. And, and I hope I hope now, with this fight, I hope he gets it. And, and I would love to see him beat Canelo. Because for me, if he beats Canelo Alvarez, it is, one of, without doubt, one of the biggest wins for a British fighter abroad ever. It, out, it outdoes anybody in my lifetime, I think. Um, yeah. Without a doubt for me. Okay, in the light heavyweight division, there's um, the likes of Andre Ward, Sergei Kovalev, and Adonis Stevenson. In your opinion, who wins, uh, Ward, Ward or Kovalev? Ward. And why? Because I think he's 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 old school. He's clever. He knows how to nullify people. It's not the fact that he he, he can out punch people, out fight people, or anything like that. He knows how to take away your strength, and that's why he's not he's never he's not box office. He's not taken off um, uh, as an exciting fighter because. I think the way that he wins his fights um, is by taking taking your strengths away from you. Um, you know, he knows how to shut you down. He knows how to frustrate you, tie you out physically, and and he'll just chip away, chip away, chip away. I, I think I think he's he's the best out of the three. Um, the only thing that I would say that that could that could see him unravel 
is the fact that he's not active enough. Um, Kovalev's a monster. He's a monster. Um, but you can hit him. Um, so that, that always gives Stevenson a, um, a chance because Stevenson's actually harder to hit than what you think. But the level that Kovalev's fighting compared to Stevenson, um, for me, Kovalev beats Stevenson. Ward beats the ball. And, and that's that's how I see it. Yep. Thank you, uh, Dave. And I hope you enjoyed the uh, hope you enjoyed the Mayweather event. And I'll pass you back to Cheers, mate. Joey. Thanks, Meta. Okay, Dave. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on this show once again. It's been really good hearing your insightful opinions on everything. I wish you all the best for the 27th for the card, including, of thanks, course, mate. Gavin McDonnell. And hopefully, we speak to you again in the future. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, lads. I appreciate that. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Now, of course, we spoke about the review part of the show where we reviewed the boxing that took place on the Friday and the bad events that took place at the weigh-in on the Friday, which prevented Saturday's show from going ahead. That was an interview with Dave Caldwell. We just spoke to him. We're now going to bring on our second guest, and then we're going to go into part two where we're going to give you a little bit of news, and then we're going to end it on the interview with Jamel Herring. So please welcome our next guest on this week's show, Okay, now it's time for guest number two on this week's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the former IBF featherweight champion of the world, Mr. Billy Dibb. Billy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate that. No problem, no problem. First and foremost, how are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, I'm uh, I'm really uh, starting to pick up the pieces and moving forward with life. Uh, hopefully, Looks like I'm going to be fine on February the 26th, not too far away. So I'm in training camp at the moment. I'm doing extremely well. I'm feeling good and I can't wait for the night. Yeah, because of course you were supposed to be on that heyday undercard over in London. Um, what happened? Right. How come that fight didn't didn't take place, Billy? Well, look, man, in hindsight, I think uh, things happen for a reason. And uh, unfortunately, I uh, I re-injured a uh, injury that I had just before the Mirror fight, which was a uh, broken metacarpal in my left hand. Now, I didn't break it again, but I just uh, I aggravated it, and it was, you know, it was swollen, and and, and I just decided that you know I was kind of probably best that I just sit out for that fight, and so that's what I did, and uh, you know, um, as I said, you know, everything happens for a reason. I sort of found some really good form after that in the gym, and you know, now we set up a date on February 26th, and I'm making my comeback to the ring then. Do you know who you're fighting on the 26th of this month at all? Yeah, I'm fighting a kid that's from Thailand. He's got a record of 13 wins and four losses, and um, he's a Thai. So you know, that's I'm just fighting an international Thai opponent, and uh, he's been against some tough guys. And his last couple of losses have been against undefeated guys. So you know, he's he's tested, and uh, you know, I'm just getting back in the ring, just basically picking up where I left off. I just want to touch on some of the the things that that occurred last year. Of course, you fought just the once last year it didn't go your way you did just mention it against Mura um, of course other really horrible stuff happened in 2015 for, the, for those that don't know could you sort of walk us through how 2015 went for you well basically look 2015 started off positively and uh, you know we, all, we obviously got the opportunity to fight Takashi Mura to the WBC's Super Featherweight Alternative, which was an amazing opportunity, you know. And uh, I mean, shortly into camp, unfortunately for me, you know, I broke I broke a left metacarpal with my left hand, and I broke a uh, the left uh, broke the rib cartilage in my left in my left rib. So 
you know, I went into the fight with some injuries, and unfortunately, you know, for me, that basically cost me the fight. You know, I was I was winning the fight comfortably in the first, say, three rounds until I got caught. You know, I got caught with a really good shot. I got back up, and you know, I wasn't fit to continue the first off the fight. And uh, you know, I respect the referee's decision. You know, everything. You know, the, the referee sees is you know pretty much on the money. So you know, I was I was hurt, but I managed to get back up. And then, you know, you come home and you sort of start thinking that maybe it's going to be a little bit, you know, maybe time for me to sort of, you know, give away the sport. I've had a really good run. You know, I achieved what I set out to do, which is become a world champion. I did that in multiple divisions. And uh, I'm going to get married and move on and have some kids and da 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 And then my wife, Sarah, comes to me and says, oh, I've got cancer, you know. And then so we face this battle with cancer. And then, unfortunately, my partner, Sarah, loses her battle with cancer and Two, two months and ten days after entering the hospital, she died from uh, from uh, complications that happened through the cancer. And uh, you know, I was left pondering and not knowing what to do again with my life. And uh, you know, I, I think uh, you know, I never, I never really announced my retirement. So I just figured, you know, what, I, I think boxing is what really makes me happy. And I sort of uh, found my way back into the gym, and I've sort of just been in the gym since since Sarah passed away, to be honest. And then, then uh, you know, uh, when when David announced his fight that he was going to be fighting at the O2 Arena, I was just having a chat to him, and he said, "Do you want to fight on the card?" And I was like, "Oh my God, I'd love to," you know. And he, but David knew my situation, and you know, he was very supportive of it, and so he put me on the card. And then unfortunately, you know, I suffered a little injury, and as I said, in hindsight, things happen for a reason. And um, I've been back in the gym for a while now, and so we've set up this date on uh, February 26th, and now I'm getting back in the ring, and hopefully. Looking to put the uh, the demons of 2015 and the dark times of 2015 behind me. Just back to the tragic happenings with your wife. Um, there was a few things I read. I just wanted to confirm directly with you that they actually happened. Uh, one of them was that you know she was diagnosed just literally two months before you know before she lost her battle with cancer. The other one was. I've read something that you were actually sleeping on the hospital floor. Is is that true? Yeah, is, that, is that true? Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, so after admitting Sarah into hospital, which was she got she got diagnosed, and then about two weeks later we went to hospital, and then two weeks and ten days later after entering the hospital she died, and we spent two two we spent two months and ten days in the hospital every single day, and then. Wow. Um, Sarah unfortunately fell into a coma, um, and when she fell into a coma, you know, I I wasn't I wasn't uh, able to sort of sleep. I couldn't sleep. I, you know, I, I just I if I went home, you know, because that because what would happen is the hospital would close at eight thirty, and then I'd have to go home. And um, you know, I just I was very uneasy about going home, so you know, I couldn't sleep, and I'd be up all night, and then I'd ring the hospital and tell them. Ask her for like feedback. Has she woken up? And then look, oh, we're really sorry. She still hasn't woken up. But you know, if she can't sleep, you're more than welcome to come in. And I go and I go to the hospital at five and six in the morning and sit there and talk to her and you know try to urge her to wake up and things like that. But unfortunately, you know, I think I think Sarah had a choice. You know, I, th- I definitely feel that she had a choice. And you know, she chose to go back to her maker. And you know, um, we live in a world that's full of uh, full of hurt and hate. And I, I think she was be- she was better than that, you know. She was an angel. She was an angel living on on hell, like on a, on earth, which is like fuck like hell, you know what I mean? Like 
lately with the things happening in this world, you know, you, you could imagine this world's just, just not a very nice place at the moment. And you know, I think she recognised that. And, you know, and um, just before she died, I did. I spent the last five days sleeping on the floor at the hospital because, you know, I, wanted, I promised her that I would be there till the very last second. And I didn't want to leave the hospital and this just... I just wanted to be there. I wanted to hold her hand and let her know that everything was going to be okay, not to not to be scared, you know. That's it's just absolute tragic. Um, I know I've spoke to you myself um, personally, you know, off of the show, and um, it's it's just it's, it's awful. Um, you were you were set to get married married, I believe, in December. D- did you push it forward so that you could be married yeah. before the further yeah. complications? Well, what happened was is that when Sarah was diagnosed. Well, the week that she was diagnosed, um, it, it, it must have been a uh, fr- uh, sorry, it was, it was okay. She was diagnosed on a Thursday or a Friday, and I had yeah. to talk to her and I said, "So listen, let's get married." She was like, "Oh, let's just wait till I get better." And I was like, "No, I don't want to wait till you get better. I just want to do it now." You know, I said, "You know, I just want to make sure that I'm your husband and I want to be there for you 24/7." So. And I want that responsibility, and I feel I think that's going to make me a better man. And so then I had to talk to her father, and her father was all for it. And so then we we talked about it on Friday, and then on Sunday we got married. So you know we just we get, we talked about it on Friday, got married on Sunday. It was we just had a family like a a ceremonial wedding at home. Uh, we invited all our family and uh, my family, Sarah's family. We all got together and had this beautiful ceremonial wedding and. You know, I was really, really happy because I, I was allowed to see Sarah at a very happy point. You know, I made her a very happy woman. And, you know, I know that she died a very, very happy girl. I'm so pleased you did that. That's probably got to be one of the, one of the, you know, the happiest decisions you've probably ever made. If I don't, I'm talking for you a little bit, but, you know, I'm sure that's probably yeah. one of the best choices you've ever made in life. I'll be honest with you, it was... It wasn't more or less something that I had to think about. It was just like, I've got to do this, you know what I mean? I just thought, like, it was the honourable thing to do, you know? A lot of people were like, why are you going to do that for? She's sick. Why do you want to put yourself in that position? I'm like, look, man, what would you do if that was your family? You know, like, would you want me to leave your family member? Is that what you're saying? I'm like, can't be talking like that, you know? I've I, I, I got to do the honourable thing, and I did the honourable thing. And believe me when I tell you this, i got no regrets. And, you know, what? that girl, we, we shared something special, you know, and she told me to be a better person, so... I, I, I applaud her and I and I thank her for that, you know, and she knows, she knows, you know, we, we had a lot of conversations before she passed away and, you know, even when she was in the coma, I talked to her a lot and let her know exactly how I feel and how much I feel that she's made me a better person. Yeah, I think it's a brilliant, a brilliant decision that you made. All right, we'll leave 2015 where it is. Um, I just want to ask you, how much will it mean to you to be able to put 2015 completely behind you and start with a nice positive 2016 and a win on the 26th of February? Well, well, the thing is, look, the truth is is that I'll never, ever leave 2015 behind me because Sarah will always be in my mind and in my heart. She'll forever remain a part of my life. Um, the mural loss, it doesn't bother me. I don't care. Boxing is winning and losing, you know, and after losing your, your loved one and the, and the person you love, you realize that, you know, boxing is just a sport. Boxing has, you know, I had a great, I had a great, great run. I had a great career. And, and, and you know, the thing is, it's not over. You know, it's, it's not over. It's far from over. And, and I believe that February 26th is more than just a fight day for me. You know, the thing is, is that a lot of people don't know this, but I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm actually 
doing the fight night at the same venue where Sarah and I got engaged. So, oh, wow. Yeah, and I'm doing it on the 26th of February, and Sarah's birthday is on the 25th of February. So, you know, like, there's a lot of reasons why I chose that venue. And um, to be completely honest with you, it's, a, it's not about money. It's not about fame. It's not about TV. It's not about lights, camera, action. It's none of that. It's just about feeling like a winner again. You know, it's like it's just about getting back in the ring and getting that winning feeling back. And I know that on February the 26th, I'm going to have an angel on my shoulder and it's going to take a hell of a man to beat me on that night. Absolutely. I'm sure it will. Um, this, this, this type of thing that's happened, this can sort of do two things. It can make you strive on and, and almost give you some sort of strength and some sort of added hunger or it can take something out of you which no doubt it would have done anyway but w- what is your hunger like now going forward with your boxing career well well the truth is is that look before i before sarah passed away there was one night that i sent her a text message just saying i like is there anything that i could do for you you know is, is, does, does my boxing bother you you know, do you want me to, like, does it make you feel sick? Because I don't want to do anything that triggers you to make you feel sick. So if boxing bothers you, I'm happy to walk away. And she was like, boxing doesn't bother me. What bothers me is you letting people make decisions for you. And she's like, if boxing is what you love to do, then boxing is what you should do. And don't let, allow don't allow people to make decisions for you because if Billy Dibb's happy, then I'm happy. And when Billy Dibb's happy and I'm happy, everyone else is happy. So just do what makes you happy. And so when she said that, you know, and obviously after she passed away, you know, I went through her text messages again and you read them and, you know, that sort of resonated for me and it just it sort of gave me the motivation to think that, you know what, everything's going to be okay. Boxing is what I love to do. You know, the Mira fight, I was winning the fight comfortably and then I just got caught, you know what I mean? So that proves that I can still mix it with the best in the world. You know, unfortunately, you know, boxing is one punch and 10 seconds away from disaster and I got caught. I went down, I got back up. That's just the way the cookie crumbled on that day. But does it mean that I've lost my skill and my ability? No, it doesn't. You know, I'm still a world-class fighter. You know, I've proved that I'm a former two-time world champion. I've been in there with some good fighters. I've mixed it. I've given it just as good as I've gotten it. You know what I mean? So, it's, uh, you know, the future's still bright. And um, Sarah Passamay has given me the hunger to want to do something successful again. You know, and I know that boxing is what brings me happiness and being back in the ring and and. And you know, working my way back to a world title and winning it in her in her memory, that would mean something big to me. I'm pleased to hear that. No, of course you're not. You know, you're not ready to 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 give it up yet. Of course, you've you've only lost to world champions. You know, what I mean, you have got to remember that as well. Um, on to positive things. Since since losing your title to Gradovich, we've seen him get well scored to be totally honest by Lee Selby have you seen anything of yeah. Lee Selby if so what's your thoughts on him uh, uh, man I think Lee Selby is an absolute genius in the ring you know I, I got a lot of time for Lee Selby I think he's a phenomenal talent I think he's amazing to watch he's I love his skill you know what I mean he's so I admire, admire his skill and admire his ability and believe me there was no one more happy in the world to see him beat Gradovich than me you know like I didn't I never It was. it's not that I was never fond of Gradovich. I never liked him as a person, you know. I just, I just disliked his attitude. And believe me when I tell you this, I was a very, very happy man when Lee Selby beat him because I know that Lee Selby's a great guy and a good kid. 
Yeah. I think we've got 12 um, British world champions at the minute. It's the most we've ever had. So boxing's booming that's, over here that, at the that, moment. That, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. That, that really is sensational. It's amazing. You know, you guys have got endless talent from DeGale, you know, to, uh, you know, to Nick Hahn, to Lee Selby, all these amazing guys, Kel Brook, you know, it's, it really is buzzing over there. And I, I think boxing's so exciting at the moment for you guys. And of course, Tyson Fury at the very top. Uh, man, Tyson Fury is a man. You know, I, I got a lot of respect for Tyson Fury. He shows a lot of love to the Palestinian people, and uh, you know, my mother's my mother's Palestinian, so I'm half Palestinian, man. So you got to love that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, of course, we're now seeing you fight Super Feather. Is this a weight that you're yeah. going to be staying at, or will we see you move up yeah, or down? Yeah. No, no. Look, for now, I'm going to stay at Super Feather. You won't see me move down, that's for sure. But you may see me move up. You definitely may see me move up, but I mean that's not going to be anytime soon. I'm just going to look, take it fight by fight, round by round. I'm, this is the plan. The plan is to take it round by round, fight by fight, you know, win by win, and hopefully work my way back into a world title fight. You know, what I mean, you guys, I, I uh, you know, to the fans out there, you know, I, I really appreciate all the amazing support and all the great messages that I've got, you know, throughout my career, you guys have really, really shown me a lot of love. And, you know, I, um, the British fans are something special, man. Sometimes I, uh, I wish I was British because I love the way the British fans are. <laughs> yeah, no, on, on behalf of all the British fans, I'll thank you for that, for that lovely compliment. Um, yeah. last two things I've got for you now, Billy, is, is there anyone that you'd like to fight in the near future? I know that you're just sort of getting back into it with, a fight this month, but without overlooking anyone, of course, is there anybody you've got your eye on? Honestly, I haven't thought about it. To be honest with you, I haven't really thought about it, but, um, you know, I'm sure that, you know, sooner or later, I'm going to want to, want to fight some of these guys, for, you know, and try to capture a world title. But, you know, at this stage, I haven't really thought about it. I just believe it or not, it's just about capturing his first victory. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen after that. As I said to you, it's one fight at a time, one win at a time, and it's just about finding that happiness back in the gym again. Yes, of course. And the last question I'm going to ask you, I ask this to all boxers from around the world. Um, who is your favourite, past or present, UK, so British fighter of all time? Oh, my God, that goes without saying, man. My, Prince of Seam is not just, not, not just the... A legend in my eyes, but this Prince Nassim and I share an amazing friendship, an amazing brotherhood. He was my childhood hero as a, as a youngster, and I got to meet him. And he and I have shared an amazing friendship for the last mate since I was 17 years of age. I'm 30 now, so you know we've been friends now for many, many years. And Prince Nassim, I believe, is one of the greatest all-time Brits to ever come out of Britain. You know, he's just an amazing talent. And you know what? Thank God that he finally got inducted into the Hall of Fame because there's no one in, in British boxing that deserves it more. Absolutely. Everybody says that. Whenever I ask it, they all say Prince Nassim. Don't matter who they are, they all say Prince nah. Nassim. Come on, man. He's the number one entertainer in the world. You know, like best fighter in the world, best entertainer in the world. You know, he took boxing to a whole new dimension. He sure did. Okay, Billy. Um yeah, if there's if there's any any message any messages to any UK fans, please um please please let us know. You know, I just want to say thank you so much to all the UK fans for all the love and support. You know, I uh, I wish that I could have been out there and fought on a David Hay on the card. You know, it's 
it's very unfortunate that the uh, the injury occurred. But you know, as I said, things happen for a reason. And God willing, you know, before my career is over and before the lights go out, you know, I pray that God allows me to have another opportunity to come to the UK and showcase my ability. Yeah, that would be absolutely fantastic. We welcome you with open arms. Okay, well, <laughs> Billy, thank you very, very much for giving us a bit of your time. Of course, I hope that you get a you get a big win and I hope that you bounce back and get into that world title picture. And I just want to thank you for, for opening up and talking about some of the, the, you know, the hurtful things that occurred last year. And I hope that you very soon you know, your, your spirits are lifted and you go on to get yourself some more happiness in life. Thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you allowing me to be on this amazing podcast. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Billy. My pleasure. Take care. I'm amazing. Take care. Okay, now it's time for part two. A very deep and emotional um, interview that with Billy Dibb. He, he really sort of, you know, told us some stuff that a lot of people don't know. So he really opened up. So really deep interview. That's probably the deepest interview we've had on the podcast, but all credit to Billy Dibb for being able to open up to us and talk to us like that. Um, I wish him all the absolute best. We're going to talk about a little bit of news now on this part of the show. We're now in part two, of course. Ayers, there's a little bit of news today that the lightweight, of course, the the West Ham supporter as well, of course, that that first and foremost, I think, um, Kevin Mitchell retiring from the sport. What does this mean to British boxing? Because, of course, he was an out-and-out warrior. And there's no two ways about it. I mean, it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a loss, obviously, to, um, to the division. Because, in my opinion, I reckon Kevin Mitchell was a warrior. His last fight, I mean, he got knocked, wasn't he? Didn't he get knocked out to Ishmael Barroso? Yes, of course, yeah. He did get knocked out by Ishmael Barroso, which was... Pretty devastating. I mean, Barroso was a bit of an unknown quantity, but he he actually ultimately he stopped Kevin Mitchell with a jab. So um, I know that we don't really know too much about Barroso, and we didn't know anything about him before he came over here. But you know, maybe I mean, no one knows more than Kevin Mitchell does himself about his body and his hunger for the sport. Now, of course, we've seen him in the world title fights that he is you know underperformed in. And he's been unlucky in as well, actually. That's that's the that's the main thing. His loss to Jorge Linares was was pretty unlucky. So um unfortunately he's decided to call it a day. It's um it's of course a big loss to British boxing nonetheless, a real warrior, a real exciting fighter. Um there's also another piece of news. David Hay was tweeting about Anthony Joshua and his opponent being announced. Um he, he claimed that the fight was a done deal between Anthony Joshua and Charles Martin. I don't know if there's any truth in this. I sent Charles Martin a text. He, well, he didn't really confirm nor deny that anything was ongoing or anything was going to be signed in the, in the next few days. Eddie Hearn has responded by saying that nothing's been signed, but it'll be interesting to see that because I I don't think they're going to throw him in that fight eyes at this, at this particular stage. I mean, what do you think? I mean, everyone thinks he would beat mine. But what do you think in your opinion? I reckon he beats Martin as well. In my opinion, Martin's last fight against Glasgow, I wasn't really impressed on him. Well, I mean, he was sort of winning every round. Well, he was he was kind of winning every round. And then next thing you know, it was a like a freakish injury that, you know, that stopped the fight. And he won, um, obviously, by TKO. It's a bit it's a bit harsh, but that's what happened, you know. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's definitely, is it fair to say it would definitely be um, Anthony Joshua's toughest test to date, though. I mean, you'd put him above. You'd put him above the likes of 
Um, Dillian White, of course, right? Would you put him above Dillian White? Yes. Oh, yes. I'll put him above Dillian White. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it would be it would be a tough fight for for Joshua, but you know you know what? Credit to him if he does jump in that fight. Credit to him if he gets in there and manages to beat Martin, then it's 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 amazing. If he gets in there and loses to Martin, it's a disaster. So we're gonna see what happens in that fight. But um, there's another piece of news I believe that you've got for us, Ayers. Gennady Golovkin will be fighting Dominic Wade on on Saturday, April twenty third. Yeah, another fight. A lot of people, of course, were you know were were sort of. Um, their mouths watering to see who Golovkin was going to fight next. And now it's been announced as Dominic Wade. Um, to be totally honest with you, not someone that I know too much about Dominic Wade. I know that, you know, he's got a decent record. He's, he's 18 and oh, 12 of those 18 wins by knockout. On box rec, he's ranked 11th in the world. Uh, that's at middleweight, of course. And, I mean, it would be an interesting fight. I mean, look, the guy got a split decision win over Sam Solomon, who's an OK fighter, someone that, um, you know, was a world champion recently. But Sam Solomon was knocked down in round four of that fight. So, I mean, look, the guy's fought a few guys. Um, no one really of of note, to be honest. Like I say, his, his biggest win was against Sam Solomon. So a lot of people are seeing this, that Golovkin's just going to absolutely smash him. But you know, you never know. But you know, it's good to hear that that Golovkin will be fighting, and hopefully he'll be quite active this year. Of course, he's been very active in the recent in the recent times. Um, is there anything else, or are we going to move on to the preview part? Move on to the preview part. Okay. Um, again, as I said, there's not much that's happening in the preview part. Um, in France, there's a card on Saturday where Christopher Abras is fighting. He's at the moment 23 wins, four losses and three draws. He fights only a six rounder in super middleweight division. Um, it's actually a, a smart move, I think, by Christopher Rabras. Of course, we're going to see Rabras face Rocky Fielding in the near in the near time. I believe that's maybe in, in April, I think that is. There's a big show in, in Liverpool and that he's going to be on that card facing Rocky Fielding. So he's chosen himself to get into a six-rounder. So a little warm-up fight for that fight, which I think is quite a smart move. There's a card in Mexico that features Marco Antonio Periban. He faces Jose Torres. Marco Antonio Periban, 23 wins, three losses, one draw. And Jose Torres, 31-7. and seven. Um, another little card I'm going to mention, and this is the last card, is well, the last fight, should I say. Dmitry Chudinov, this is the guy that lost to Chris Eubank Jr. Dmitry Chudinov, 17 wins and one loss. That one coming, of course, to Chris Eubank Jr. Two draws. He's in the eight-rounder against a guy called Marat Kaziv, who has a record of 22 wins, 10 losses and one draw. I actually think Dmitry Chudinov's a good fighter. Uh, I think he's durable as well. We saw all the punches that Eubank threw on him and it just didn't seem to move him at all. He was really tough as nails. But, you know, hopefully in the future he can emulate what his brother's doing right now. Of course, his brother's got a massive fight against Felix Sturm coming up, I believe, on the 19th of February. I could be wrong, but I think it's the 19th or the 20th of February. Uh, his brother, of course, Fedor Chudinov. So it'll be interesting to see what those two brothers can do. OK, now that's all the talking done. We're now going to bring on our third guest on this week's show fresh off his win from last night's tuesday night card on pbc it's mr jamel herring jamel welcome to the show how you doing great to be here no problem my pleasure um 
Of course, she was in there last night. Uh, thank you very much for speaking to us so close after the fight. You fought a guy called Luis Flores. It was a tough fight. Like I told you, I, I tuned in. I watched it. It finished pretty late over here. It actually finished pretty late over there. How come the fight <laughs> finished so late? Uh, I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I guess it, um, it all came down to the, um, the TV networking and programming. But, you know, I was just, I was just excited to, to get in the ring. So I, I didn't really mind about the time. Absolutely. Now, you seem to sort of boss it completely. Um, I know that I believe two judges gave it a shutout. One of them was a bit more lenient towards towards uh, Flores. Um, you knocked it. Well, you got two knockdowns. This is a good showcase fight. How does it feel for you to, you know, top a bill completely top a bill for the first time of your 15 fight career now? Oh, it felt great. It, it really it felt great. I mean, it showed that um. It showed that Al, Al Heyman has confidence in my ability. So, you know, the headline, my first, you know, first um, card, not to mention it, my first time being on the PBC brand, you know, it, it was a great honor. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it definitely does show the the faith that Al Heyman does have in you. Um, I want to touch on a few things because a lot of people over here at this moment in time, Jamel Herring's not a household name at the moment. Um, for those that don't know, could you tell us a little bit about your extremely colorful life just before boxing? Before boxing, I, I was I was raised in um, New York, Long Island, New York. Basically, a small town called Colm, New York. I'm great. I had a great family, great friends. You know, lovely environment. I believe when I started, I, when I actually did start boxing, that was on. It was kind of short because I, I did maybe about two years of amateur boxing before I had enlisted into um, the United States Marine Corps out here in the, in, the, in the States. And um in the Marine Corps, I did um two deplo- two deployments to Iraq, one in 2005, another in 2007. And it really wasn't until like maybe 2007, after my um, last deployment, when I really started getting more involved with my boxing career. Yeah, because a lot of people don't know that. I mean, of course, that you, that you were deployed to Iraq with the Marines on two occasions. And a lot of people don't know that of course, you were the captain, I believe, of the 2012 USA boxing team at the Olympics. Yeah, yes, sir, yes, sir. Um, I was I was one of the captains alongside with um, Rashid Warren and Queen Underwood, were, were the other two captains. I didn't. I, my experience out in the games is, um, was rough. I lost the first round, but I actually had a, um, overall I had a great time in London. And um, since then, I actually been you know looking forward to find find a way to go back over there to. Um, competing day. So um, you know, I, I enjoy the I enjoy just basically the experience of the of the Olympic Games with the rest of my teammates. Yeah, because you fought you fought quite a few guys in amateur. Of course you fought um I believe you got a win over over Mike Reed, who's just he's basically a prospect right now in America, right? Yes sir. Yes sir. Yeah, so a few good wins in the amateurs. Um there was a few guys that were at your fight last night. It was quite um quite a few guys. I think Steve Cunningham was there, Danny Garcia um, Adrian Broner, of course. I hear that you're doing a lot of sparring with Adrian Broner. Tell me how that's going. Uh, it's going well, especially going getting in the ring with somebody who has a lot more experience than you. It, it, it's great. It's great because I can, um, you know, feed off of whatever he's doing and, and learn and pick up a few things and add it to my arsenal. You know, overall, he, he's um, he, he's a, he's a great guy. Even though you know his his character. You know, people are judging for his character at times, but you know, when you get to meet the real Adrian, you'll see that he's um he's a great guy and he's like a brother to me. What other types of guys have you done some sparring with with Jamel? 
Um, I actually done some sparring with um another top prospect, um Robert Robert Easter Jr. Okay. I spar I spar with um right now Williams who who was also in the card last night. Yeah. Um um in the past and in the past I sparred with both Anthony Anthony and Lamont Peterson on DC. I'm very close with them as well. And um at times you know depending on what what um the, what type of fight is, is is um building up ahead I I spar with um Rashid Warren to help him you know, get ready for his um for his his fight. So overall, you know, I've been there with a um, lot of good guys. Not to mention, I also um spar with um Austin Trout a few times in the past as well. Yeah, Austin's someone we've had on the show. We've had on the show previously. Yeah, good friend of the show. Um, so you do you definitely mix it with with some of the biggest names in the sports when it comes to sparring. Um, Adrian Broner's got a big fight coming up against Ashley Fiafane, one of the, well, he's a London boy. He's basically in America most of the time now. Uh, how do you see this fight going for Adrian Broner? Uh, it's a good, it's a good win. It's um, a fight he can win. Um, not to take Ashley, Ashley um, lightly because I know Ashley is hungry right now. This is his chance for a world title, so I'm pretty sure he's going to take full advantage of it. But of course, you know, I'm going to stick behind my stable mate, which is Adrian Bronner, and um, I see I see him winning this fight. And something I just wanted to touch on, actually, um, a little back to what we were just talking about a moment ago. What actually inspired you to box? Um, what inspired me to box was it, it was something different. It was just something different at the time when I um, started boxing. Because um, for the most part, I grew up playing a lot of um, team sports, and yes, boxing. It's, it's actually still a team sport, in my, you know, because you still need your trainers and everybody around you. But it was just, and when you, I just felt like when you're in the ring, it's more of a, um, it's more of a mental thing. It's a, it's a thinking game. So you gotta basically um do a lot of things on your own inside that ring. So once I um started getting the hang of boxing and I fell in love with the training and everything, I just stuck with it. Because obviously you turned pro when you were age 26, I believe. Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Um, now, of course, like I know it's just literally um, one one day after your fight last night. It's not even really been a full day yet. But is there anyone you've got your eye on for for your next couple of fights? Anyone that you want to face in your division? It, it, it's funny. It's funny that you ask because um, in the past I, I, I said that um, I have a lot of respect for the, um, the UK fighters, and I, I, a good portion of the, of the titles are actually over in the um, UK. And um, much credit, much credit to the um, UK for, for for producing great champions like um, Terry Flanagan. Anthony Carla is a good is a good is a good champion. You know, he he um he did, he had a um impressive performance his last outing. Um, I, I know I had some um, I had some words in the past with um Jerry Matthews, but as as we all know, he's about to take on um Terry Flanagan. You know, I'm just I'm just just basically um just weighing on my options, but I I do have my eyes set on a, a couple of guys over there, as you see. But um, you know, like I said, I, I respect I respect them all. And, um, they're all great. They're all great in their own way. And um, hopefully someday, you know, I, I can step in the ring with one with one of them guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting that you know what's going on over here in that division. Um, are you aware of one of our lightweights, of course, um, Kevin Mitchell? Oh yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe I just read something recently. I think he's been retired. Did he say he? I think That's like, right. Like, just like, just today. Jesus, you really are up to date with all the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, like as you like as you see, like you, um, it goes the answer right there. I do keep my, my eyes open for everybody. Now, I'm just basically just waiting on my moment because you know when my moment comes, you may not you may not know what may happen because boxing is just so funny at times. Like 
you know, titles change hands very quickly in our sport. So we'll just have to see what happens. But um, like I said, I got a lot of respect for the guys over there in the um, UK. I'm actually um, I know you guys have a have a have a um another prospect that I actually fought in the amateurs, which by the name is um Josh Josh Taylor. So, um, okay, you know, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, much credit to Josh. He's he's a great guy. But so yeah, you know, I I don't, I don't just focus on you know what's going on here in America. I, I you know I I focus on um you know all the all the top names and um prospects coming up and um out there. And um I was actually hot. Matter of fact, I, 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 his name his name just slipped my mind. He just he had just I think he just, you have a top prospect that had just recently lost. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Luke Campbell. Night, Yes, yes, yes. Um, Olympic gold yeah, medalist. Um, yes, yes. Luke, Luke is, um, I believe, you know what I'm saying, I, I actually, um, I actually um, reached out to him on Twitter. I just told him to keep his um, head up. You know, I believe he, um, you know, one loss doesn't, doesn't make you, doesn't ruin your career. I believe he can bounce back. Like I said, I just wish the best for him. You know, he he, he has a lot of, um, he, he's, a, he's a great talent. He's a great talent. So, um. I wish the best for him, and like you said, you may you never know. Maybe down the road we might end up meeting. But um, like I said, um, much mutual respect for the um, guys of the UK. Um, Anthony Joshua is making a lot of noise and have a great division. So um, yeah, I'm I, even not not just my division, but you know I'm just a fan of boxing as a whole, and I and I, and I um, admire everything that's going over there in the UK. <laughs> I tell you something that you may or may not know. Luke Campbell has just recently changed his trainer to the same guy that trained uh, or trains uh, Rigondo. Okay. So that would be an interesting link up. All I was trying to do is yeah. just trying to tell you something that you may have or may have not known just because you keep telling me stuff that, that you do know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, okay. that's, 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 you got me there. That's, that's, that's actually new news to me. <laughs> okay. One thing I do want to ask you um, I ask this to everyone that we speak to, no matter what country they're from. Who is your favorite? This is just one that we like to hear. Who is your favorite UK fighter of all time? Of all time? Let me let me think. Let me think. I would have to say um, Lennox. Lennox. Okay. The second time we've had Lennox. Most of the time we get. <laughs> Go on. What 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 do you what do you to get? Because I was going to my second my second guess was going to say uh, my second one was going to be Nacho Ben. <laughs> Nigel Ben, right? We've had that once before as well. The main one we get, <laughs> Prince Nassim Hamid. Oh yeah, oh everybody. Everyone <laughs> says him. Oh my yeah, Prince Prince was was, was special in his own way, but the reason why I I, I I went with Lennox because you know growing up and, and in history the heavyweight division was was um mainly the um division I always watch, and I respect the fact that Lennox was basically the last undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. And um Lennox was basically um he showed he showed great character like he, he showed you didn't have to be you know had to have the perfect record with you know zero defeats in order to be a great champion. Like, Lennox took a couple of defeats on his record where he bounced back in in great fashion as a true champion would. So you know, Lennox will always stick out as one of the um, one of the best champions. Period. Um, doesn't matter UK or wherever, just in the world. Period. Lennox will always be one of the best. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Um, of course, Lennox Lewis had the two losses, 
And he avenged those losses to the guys. Of course, he lost to Hassim Rackman, and then he come back and knocked Hassim Rackman out. And of course, he lost to Oliver McCall in that really strange fight. And then he come back and got the stoppage over Oliver McCall. I think only him and one other guy who has slipped my head at the moment were the like the only two heavyweight champions of history to uh, to basically go through their whole career without losing but when when they did lose they avenged their defeats i think it was him and maybe yeah. one other guy but i can't remember who the other guy was right now yeah um, i will but i will say just one more thing i will say though i don't care what nobody says you guys have actually one of the most um colorful colorful fighters that i like which is tyson theory i don't care. i was rooting for tyson against Cusco. now i i mean i vladimir is a great champion no matter how people say how people portray the the, the vision that that um that he was he was uncontrolling, but I just felt like you know Tyson Fury is a is a great change for the um you know just for the, not only for the um the division but for the sport of boxing. So I I was I was behind him that night, and um you know I just like I just like watching Tyson. He may not be the best technical fighter, but he showed he he surely does know how to put on a show. <laughs> yeah, he definitely is a real entertainer. Um, okay. Before we sign you out of the show, um, of course, you've you've blown me away with with how much you know about what's going on in the UK scene. Um, a <laughs> message, a message to any UK fans listening. I just want you to give them your, um, you know, you can thank them for any support or whatever, and also give them your Twitter names and your Instagram names somewhere where we can follow you over here. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, most definitely. Um, I actually have a good, decent um, following in the UK, and I, that's why. Um, that's one reason why I love. Um, you know, everything that's going on over there. I always reach out every time. Um, a UK fan reaches out to me, I always respond. And um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of them want me to come back to the UK to um actually compete someday, which I don't mind doing. That's why I say, you know, if it comes down to um, you know, fighting one of the um the champions over there, I have no problem traveling overseas. Plus. Like I said, I had a great time in 2012 in the UK, and I wouldn't mind going back. But um, if anybody wants to ever reach me, you know, you can reach me on Twitter or Instagram at Jamel Herring, all one word, real short and simple. And, um, you know, I just greatly appreciate um, everybody for their support. Okay, thank you very much for coming on this show. Um, on behalf of all the English, fan, English fans, I thank you very much for the kind words. We wish you the absolute best for 2016 and a bright future ahead of that here on the Box Hard Podcast. So it's been my pleasure interviewing you today, sir. It's been my pleasure being on the show. Okay, now it's time to conclude episode 19 of the Box Hard Podcast. Once again, my apologies that there isn't really any fights to review or preview. Um, we decided in that case to bring you three guests. Of course, a big thank you to our guests, Dave Caldwell, Jamel Herring, and Billy Dibb. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Ayaz Summer has been Ayaz Summer. It's been an absolute pleasure bringing you another show of the Box Hard Podcast. Please follow, please retweet, please favourite, please like. We'll see you next week. Take care. <laughs>